Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reflection from the Heart. I'm Tom Fertile, your host uh, for this edition, and I'm joined today by Mr. Tom DeAngelis and Mr. Art O'Day. Welcome, gentlemen. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Uh, before we begin, um, we're going to open with uh, prayers. What asked uh, Tom DeAngelis, would you uh, invite the Holy Spirit to guide our uh, discussion today? Sure. Uh, one of my favorite prayers, it's out of our Stewardship of Prayer book, which you can pick up on our website or call us at the office and order. It's called Jesus Prayer for Unity. It's on page two. And as we approach Holy Week, uh, this is a prayer that Jesus prayed for not only his apostles, but for all of us. And I think it's a good prayer to reflect on as we move through Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. I pray not only for them but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I've given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. And uh, Art, if you would uh, break open the Word here this morning uh, and present our reading. Please. I would be very happy to. Uh, for those of you out there who uh, have your scriptures in front of you, we're going to be reading from John chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe in him has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but the people preferred darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come towards the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, there it is. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. What else can we add or say? Uh, of course, that passage includes the John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. Um, and every other action, every other thought, belief, our theology, our practice, our tradition, I mean, everything, you know, stems from that. And uh, something so simple and yet 
somehow we muck it up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, on, a, on a regular basis. But um, what a what a what a great uh, great reading, especially this time during Lent, as we reflect and uh, and examine where we are. It, it really comes down to that. It really comes down to and that word. The first word I circle was believes because it's you know it, it's such a loaded word. What does that mean to believe? It's so much more than simply an acknowledgement. It's more than an academic exercise. It, uh, you know when you believe in something, you think about our you know politics and say I believe I believe in free speech. When I believe in something, I do something about it. I just don't say well I believe in that. You know. I believe in UFOs. Yeah, that's different. Than I believe in free speech. I believe in <laughs> equality. I believe in whatever it is we believe in. You know, we take action. And I think it reminds me that our it's it's an it's an active faith. It is mind, mm-hmm. it's heart, it's body, it's soul that we that we we do something and that our lives change. This single you know concept here, this this single passage reminds us that our lives uh, in Christ need to be, should be, and in fact are different when we believe. Yeah, and um, I, I want to pull on something that you said. You said how we muck it up. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it's right here. It's it's how do you muck it up? You know, I mean, <laughs> right, it's right, like, right. Yeah. you know, you, 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 well, you hide your sins. I mean, yeah. that basically is what you do. Um, you know, you commit sins, you do acts which you're ashamed of, and you do nothing about it, you know. Look at the world today. I mean, how much, how many people out there have voices in the media Okay, and are leading people into sin only because they just don't want to face that they've done wrong. You know, um, this is Lent. I mean, we're 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 in the period of Lent, and we're supposed to be. I guess the Jewish word is shuving. You know, you shuve, you turn towards the Lord, you turn your back on sin. Okay, and you face your sins. Okay, just like Moses lifting up the serpent in the, in the desert. I mean, who's the serpent? I mean, who's the serpent? You know, who led Adam and Eve into the first sin, you know? So you're facing that which leads you into sin, and you turn your back on it, and you face Christ, you know? I think of a compass. You're facing one way towards your sin, and we're supposed to turn 180 degrees and face Christ. But how many of us are facing 90 degrees either way? You know, you got one foot in your sin, you got one foot in your sin, and you got one foot in Christ. But you got to make a decision. I mean, if you think about it, you know, with your legs spread like that, you're split in half, and that doesn't do you any good. You have to come down one side or another. Are you going to? Are you for your sins, or are you for you Jesus Christ? You know, as Catholics, we have we have the the great gift of the sacrament of confession. Part of shuving is is to confess your sins to one another. Um, mm. You know, I mean, Scripture tells us confess your sins to one another, and it's done in the context of priestly ministry. So we're supposed to confess ourselves to Christ's representatives here on earth, you know, and we to seek his forgiveness through his representatives here on earth. You know, for us Catholics, it's the priest, and it's in the confessional. Um, what a great gift, uh, you know, and how many of us don't take this opportunity in Lent to avail ourselves of this so that when Easter comes, we can receive the Lord with a, with a clear conscience, okay? Because we realize that God did not come into the world. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that we may be saved. Go to confession, turn your back on your sin, change. You know, too, when you talk about the sacrament of confession, 
um, you know, my experience over the years has been kind of on again, off again. And it's never that I don't go because I don't want to go. It's usually I get busy. And so I just say, you know, I try to go every two weeks or, you know, once a month or, you know, and sometimes I, you know, when I'm disciplined enough, I try to go every week. And I've noticed there's a there's a definite correlation, very clear correlation in my life between growth in the spiritual life and the frequency of confession. And I know that, you know, I listen to Scott Hahn CDs and I listen to other people who are, you know, uh, who I think are good leaders in our faith. You know, and he talks about going every week. And he says, because I need it, not because I want to go or because I think it's a good spiritual practice because I need it. And the more I go, the more I realize there are things in my life that really are below the surface that I don't even realize. There are things that we do wrong that... Because we're so kind of enamored with those things that we're we're personally struggling with, don't even realize that some of the deeper causes of those things are insecurities, their worries, their there's a kind of background of selfishness that you know if you just think about during the day, your thoughts and where the propensity of your thoughts are, are they on other people and what you can do to help, to serve, to be of Christ, of Christ to other people? Are they on yourself, your worries, your concerns, your fears? And I can tell you the answer for that. I didn't figure that out because I'm smart. I figured it out because the light of, of grace, you know, when you step into the light regularly and you start seeing these things, it's like, geez, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And then you think, well, our thoughts guide our actions. And so, of course, I'm more focused on myself during the day, so I'm more selfish in my behaviors. I don't look to do things for other people. I don't look for those opportunities that Christ tells us, you know, we're going to be evaluated on. You know, our performance review at the end of our life is going to be based on what we did for other people, not what we did for ourselves, not how how well we did in terms of our, you know, our success, our career, you know, our financial situation. Any of that stuff goes out the window. It's what did I do for other people? And yet how much time do I spend in my life really focused on myself, my worries, my concerns, my issues, my financial position, and I have enough for retirement, to this, to this, to that. And where is the service for other people? Where do I think about spending myself for other people? You know, and even if, even when those things we do have to take care of ourselves, we have to take care of our family and our situations. But where is the focus on doing that for other people? Like my finances aren't for me; they're for the poor, they're for my family, they're for the people that I can help with them. It's not it's not necessarily for me. So that's a that really is a the biggest fruit, I think, the, the greatest fruit of the of frequently going to confession is that it starts to shine that light. It's more so than any other sacrament. Uh, you know, the Eucharist is great for food, for strength, but the sacrament of confession, you know, of reconciliation, penance is the best, you know, searchlight for trying to figure out what's not working in your life, really. And the frequency, I think, for me, makes a big difference. Mm. You bring you bring up communion too. You know, I mean that's yeah. that's so important. I mean, what, what does Saint Paul say about receiving communion unworthily? It'll make you sick. Yeah. Because why? Because you're pretending that you don't have anything wrong with you when you approach the Lord in sin. Yeah. Right? Pretending is a pretending. Good, yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, we we, we pretend. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did 
pretend for so many years. And you know what? I still catch myself doing it. You know, um, and, and, and it's like the, it's this constant cleaning of the house, of your soul, you know, um, bringing into light those things that we want to hide in the darkness. You know, J- Jesus will just reach out and he will just heal you of all those little dark corners in your life, you know, um, I, I listen to some of the testimonies of some of the people. I, I like to get on, you know, blogs and stuff like this. And it's, it is amazing what some people have done in their lives and have turned it around. Hmm. I mean, we even have a, uh, we even have a story of a, of a saint that was once a Satanist. And he oh, turned yeah. his life around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his Bartolo name. Right? Long, uh, yes. Blessed Bartolo Longo. Yes. Maybe a saint. I'm, I'm not I, sure. I, if he well, he's, a bl- he's at least a blessed. A blessed yeah. He's at least a blessed. But a, you know, yeah, think about right. that. Think about that. How many of us are out there that have really done that much turning away from God that we would embrace Satan? Mm. And yet this guy came back and is now, you know, is now or was a powerhouse for Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, yeah. it can happen. It can happen to any of us. And, and, and that's the call to, you know, to, to come into the light. The reason, I, the reason why I remember that, that, that blessed or saint, I'm not sure if he was canonized a saint, is because of our, our Rob Longo. I, you know, mm-hmm. I always kid him about that because, you know, it, he has the same name. I said, it's probably a relative, right, Rob? And he said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think the, the, um, of course, the passage talks about darkness and light, and it, it can sound it can sound cliche almost at this point, mm-hmm. and yet it's true. You know, I always think of Star Wars. You know, yeah. <laughs> light, and yeah. light, but it's yeah. true. It's a basic struggle, and I think sometimes you know, like like the, the individual we just talked about when it's when it's so blatant and cut and dry. Like we get that. Oh, really, a bad evil, or in my, in my own life when I you know when it's a serious and I, those are easy things. But the it's the details I think which is the spiritual struggle. It's the mm-hmm. you know. I prefer darkness. What what are those little dark things that I prefer? You know, that, yes, I'm a good, upstanding, you know, Catholic man, et cetera, but what do I hold on to? What do I, you know, where, where, and I think, Tom, that, that frequent confession, which of course includes examination of conscience, that, so that right. frequency right. of that forces me, guides me, helps me to dig a little bit deeper, to shine a little bit of more a light of truth into what am I really holding on to? You know, I haven't really broken a major commandment this, you know, this week, this month, this year. Right. But how, how many little ones did you, you know, how many yeah. little things did you poke at or pry at? And, um, you know, I, I think about, you know, um, you know, common things, you know, movies and, and television shows and, and how many people exist in that world of, well, you know, I, I believe and I follow and yet, but do my, you know, what I watch, what I put into myself, do I, right. does it, does it support that? And and we get into this rationale of, like, I'm guilty of it, you know, as much as the next person of, well, there's a couple bad things there, a couple things maybe I shouldn't, <laughs> but the overall, you know, and when I used to be a youth minister, when I was a youth minister, I used to do an exercise, I got out of book somewhere, I stole it, it wasn't my own idea. Um, I mean, I borrowed it in youth ministry, <laughs> we, we borrow things. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was called the poopy brownie. Okay, it was a basic <laughs> exercise, and what it, what you were supposed to do is you brought in not to teenagers, you know, uh-huh. a wonderful tray of brownies, you know, good Duncan Hines double chocolate, and it smell incredible, <laughs> and you sit them there the entire time as you're talking about morality, etc. Well, then you say, okay, guys, now we're going to have our snack here, and I made these wonderful brownies. Okay, however, you know, I want you to know that as I was making them, I just cleaned up after the dog, so there's a little bit of 
you know, yeah. dog poop that I got in the mix. <laughs> but don't worry, it's just a little bit, yeah. okay? Yeah. All right, who wants a brownie? And of, you know, of course, you know, the cliche is that, you know, how many times do we justify? Well, I can watch that, I can mm-hmm. read that, I can yeah, listen yeah, to that, yeah. comedian, just whatever. Just a, yeah, listen a little bit. But those little <laughs> bits become big bits. And those little bits, it takes away a little bit of a light and takes a, and puts in a little bit of darkness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 where the struggle is, you know, I think for, for, most, of, for most of our listeners, you know, because if you're in a satanic cult, right? Now you're probably not listening to this radio show. Right, you know? right, if yeah, you are, God, God be praised. And, you know, come on. But you know, it's, it's those little spiritual battles that we face. You know, where where do I, where am I embracing darkness? That one little piece, and then go, yeah, but I'm going to church on Sunday. It's no big deal. You know, yeah. so for me, it's 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 those little things that you just want to hold on to. That's where that's where the enemy, you know, gets at gets at some of us. That's where it's that's where it starts. You know, it, it starts with the small things. You know, for, for uh, you know, I I, I have a, um, a a little fourth grade class over. At St. Jones, and uh, uh, the kids are great. Um, but uh, they went to confession two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All right, and so I just thought it'd be a nice little segue, you know, for confession. That okay, now we'll just look. We'll start looking at the Ten Commandments. We'll put in some virtues and things like that, and you know, kind of work our way up through the Beatitudes and so forth. So we'd say that's where we're going. But um, you know, I was looking at the examination of conscience for kids. I, I never thought. That in my in my wildest dreams that I could possibly break the first commandment. I mean, I don't worship idols, right? Right, right. Okay, but think about what you get in the way of God. You know, if you make, I, I, you know, I've made a personal promise to God that I would I would say certain prayers during during the course of my day. Okay. But if I wait until the evening, I am so tired that all I want to do is veg out in front of the TV. What is getting in the way? See, I'm breaking a promise. Mm-hmm. And who am I making the, breaking the promise to? You know, oh, he, God is so much bigger. He, he'll understand, you know. Um, you, know the, you know, the Blessed Mother in her, in her message to people, you know, uh, about prayer, okay? And I, I, think this is, this, I think this is a good measure for us having to examine our conscience. When we feel that we don't pray enough or, or if we don't pray at all, Okay, there are two things that always, always gets in the way. Okay, and I think you named them, Tom. I, you know, you named you named sin and you named worry, mm. right? And those those two things get in the way of our prayer life. If you're focused on yourself through worry, you're not you're not thinking about lifting your soul up to God and 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 praising Him or praying to Him or asking or interceding or mm. for supplication of some sort, you know. And if you're in sin. Well, you know what? I'm watching the TV. Not that watching TV in itself is a, a sin, but it's because of what I'm breaking. See? It's, it's what, what I should be doing that I'm not doing. It's the time that I'm wasting, you know? Um, at, at, at my age right now, when I look back on, on things, I have very few regrets, but there's one regret I have that I can never get back, and that's the time I wasted. You know, it's gone, and it's gone forever. You know, prayer, time spent in prayer is not time wasted. And that's something I think we all have to learn. You know, Lent, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. You know, you spend a little more time in prayer. You give up something. Okay. Why? Well, if you give up something like food or something like that, every time you go to reach for that bar of chocolate or, or that can of beer or whatever, you're thinking about why you gave it up. You know, you gave it up for Christ, right? But think about it. If you're giving up stuff, you got a little bit more time, and you got some time for the almsgiving, for thinking mm-hmm. about other people, 
Okay, if I'm not if I'm not out buying you know a six pack of beer or, or a case of chocolate to, you know for for the week, case. you know <laughs> you know I mean you know that's, that's, you know, that's a little bit of an ex- you know how you I know, you know how I like to exaggerate yeah, you know, we, I like to exaggerate Hershey, so yeah I know <laughs> I, it's a little plug for Hershey company. <laughs> Anyways, you know if you know if I'm not you know doing those things, I I have a little bit more time. I have a little bit more money. I have a little bit more to give away. Right, the three go hand in hand. And, and in Lent, we have to think about that, you know. We have to think about where we're going, you know. Mm-hmm. Christ came, Christ died, Christ rose. I was born, I'm going to die someday, and I hope to God I'm going to rise, you know. That's what Lent is bringing us back to. And how do I get there? How do I obey God, mm-hmm. you know? What are the things that I have to do? You know, it's just like you say all the time, Tom, we're going to be judged on what we do. Yeah. You know, I mean, Matthew 25 tells us that we're going to be judged on what we do. Yeah. Okay. It starts with faith. Yeah. Yeah. But what are you doing with that faith? Right. It's a gift. Right. Are you giving that gift away? And, and I think too, the other thing that we underestimate, and yet if you read sports psychology, if you, if you know anything at all about the interaction between our, you know, our minds and our hearts and our actions, you know how, how much they're driven in some cases actually dictated by the way that we think and feel about the world around us, about ourselves. And yet we don't, it doesn't occur to people that in order to get, get hold of or get control of or get focus in their behaviors, they have to do it with their mind and their heart. And that's part of the value of sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament and focusing on a task of praying. It's, it's not only beneficial, you know, and you hear this from theologians and, and saints all the time. Prayer doesn't do anything for God. He doesn't need our prayer. That's right. Right? right. It does, it's for us. You know, so when I'm sitting there praying, I'm actually benefiting myself because it's I'm recollected. I'm bringing you know bringing my heart and my mind together, creating a kind of unity. It's a it's a source of grace for us, you know. And I don't think that word grace has been used over the centuries to describe the gift of God's life in us by accident. I think grace has the word grace, the way that we use it conventionally. I think has a lot to do with with what we get when we get grace, you know, is it gives us a sense of calm. It gives us a sense of peace in our actions and behaviors. There's a, there's a, there's a sense of accomplishment or mastery. There's a sense of peace in what we do. It's not the frenetic pace that, that we act a lot of times. And I think that doesn't come from that. We don't get that by accident in our culture. You know, we have to, we have to, take our time to do that. I think that's what's behind the, you know, the the big push for mindfulness now. And although that's more of a Buddhist approach, I think prayer prayerfulness is to me in my mind is far superior to mindfulness. I mean it's a form of that, but I think it's a higher form of that because it's not just a matter of collecting ourselves and sitting there in the void. It's a matter of recollecting ourselves before the one to whom we owe everything, who's our life, our source, our, you know, not only our source of being and creation as a creature, but also our source of redemption and our future. You know, so it's not a it's not an accident that Jesus is referred to as the Alpha and the Omega. You know, it's where we, God is where we come from. God is where we're, what we're destined to. I love that line in the Universal Prayer that we say regularly in our Gospel Reflections, Stewardship mm-hmm. Leadership. I worship you because I came from you. I long for you, right, for the future, because right. you made me for yourself. It's where I came from and where I'm headed. 
you know. And just to sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament and reflect on that, I think, is is a retreat in and of itself. It can be just a 15-minute retreat. It can be a half an hour, an hour. You know, as St. Francis de Sales said, you know, you should, every lay person should spend at least 30 minutes in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day. And if you're really, really busy, an hour, you know, <laughs> which I, I try to practice, but it's really... Is really hard, but really that that's where you come to the sense of grace. It's what shines light on those issues that are making you ungraceful, uh, giving you know giving you cause for worry, giving you cause for offense in relationships with other people. You know, it's it's there. There it is in prayer. And you don't have to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. You can pray any place. Mm-hmm. But I've wrestled with the with the prayer of praise because I didn't understand that before I can genuinely praise God. I have to recollect myself and put myself in a in a relation to God and being completely gr- grateful for everything that I have and I am, which is from Him. And then when I realize that, I can praise. Right. But you can't, you know, we're supposed to start, praise is the highest form of worship for God, but I, for me, I can't start there. If I don't put myself in a frame of mind where I realize all that I am and all that I have is is I owe to God, then I can be grateful. Then I say, I didn't deserve any of this. Pray, you know, praise God. You know, but it grows out of that. And you don't discover those things by accident. You know, those are things you get through the grace of the Holy Spirit. So. And that reflection time, Tom, that, that prayer time, time in adoration, time in getting yourself ready, uh, you know, for adoration and prayer, it's, yeah. it's, it's all about feeding the light. You know, I, I'm reminded of the old, uh, I forget how it goes exactly, but the old, the old, the old uh, Native American adage about uh, the wise man telling his son that you have the two wolves, you know, the, oh, like yeah, the peace yeah. and, the, and, the, and the anger, and they're both compete for you. And, you know, which one will I follow, mm-hmm. Father? Which one will take over? Well, the one that you feed, you yeah, know, which yeah, one yeah. do I feed? Yeah, so yeah, when it comes yeah. to the lightness and the darkness, you know, which which one do I feed? And uh, you're going to have both. You're going to be, be pulled in in both directions, um, but it's a matter of which one do I feed? And if you're not taking steps to to feed the light, to foster the lightness, of course, the darkness will overcome. You don't light a match, right? The darkness <laughs> consumes everything. Um, so we, we, need to, we need to light those lives because the reality is, you know, and I think our, our – uh, our, our scripture passage again, and is a great reminder. Um, the, the summary of, of, of all of all our Christian experience here. You're all going to have all of us. We're going to have an obituary. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a, a tombstone or a or an urn or something that's going to have a, a start date, a physical start date, and a physical end date. Neither which we can control, of course. Um, and uh, in between those two dates, there's going to be a dash. You know, and that that dash represents yeah. really a blink of an eye, a short amount of time. Um, but what we do during that dash, I think, is critical because after that end date, there's a long period of time called eternity, <laughs> yeah. and eternity is a mighty yeah. long time. It so think, you think of it, what happens in that dash affects what happens after that end date. And again, the scripture reminds us that through and only through the grace of Jesus Christ, by believing and an active belief, following, picking up our cross every day, that we can ensure um, that 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 time after that end date is spent where we belong mm-hmm. in the loving embrace of our Father. That only comes again through that belief um, in Jesus Christ. So that period in between, that little short dash, has an eternal 
implications for each one of us. So let's be reminded of that and not in fear and not in, in, in stress and worry, but actually with a confident hope that we know that God will provide uh, what he says and Jesus will provide the path that he says um, if we adhere to this and follow uh, and believe with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul. The challenge for each one of us uh, in our Christian faith said, and we are with you in the journey, wherever you are, take that time to feed the light today. Take that time to pray. Take that time to reflect um, that you may have the joy of Christ and it may be complete. God bless. Take care. We'll see you next time here on Reflections of the Heart. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.